I'm Marty. I'm one of the ministers here at Chatswood Presbyterian Church. We're going to have a look again at Psalm 91. So please have that open in front of you in a Bible. Uh, read what it says. Check if I'm uh, speaking the truth as I preach. Uh, we all need God's help as we read his word. So let's pray together and ask for his help. Dear Father, we thank you for this day and a day to once again hear your word to us. Thank you that you speak to us. Thank you that your word, the Bible, is powerful. Please help us by your spirit now to understand as we read your word, and we pray that we might respond by seeing Jesus clearly in your word and trusting him boldly, and we pray this in his name. Amen. Well, it seems uh, here that in Australia, like lots of places in the world, we are becoming increasingly aware of our need for protection, protection against the dangers that are out there. Uh, we're only too aware of the years of global pandemic that we've just gone through. Uh, we've just prayed for the catastrophic flood events in Western Australia, uh, just the latest in a series of, of natural disasters. Um, uh, just uh, was it yesterday? I received uh, a text um, that addressed me as mum and asked me to call them because they'd lost their phone. The latest kind of text scam. There's internet scams out there. There's over summer. There's the death toll on our roads. We are vulnerable. We are vulnerable, facing dangers out there in the world. We need protection. Uh, this has even been playing out down at the beach. I don't know if you've been to the beach lately. Um, I don't, and I don't know how much stuff you have to take these days. With my family, it feels like there's a lot, of, a lot of, of tents and umbrellas and there needs to be extra long rashies and, and SPF 80 plus sunscreen. Then the, the Sydney Morning Herald even had this, this article with these photos in it. And uh, let me quote from the, from the article. Um, this was this week. Sydney siders seeking a patch of sand to call their own at the city's beaches have to increasingly navigate a sea of hardware. Gone are the days when the main structures on the beach were sandcastles. In 2023, a packed beach means tents, domes, gazebos, along with umbrellas and towels and humans. So these days, unlike 30 years ago, beaches are packed with structures for sun protection. And that's right, isn't it? We recognise that the UV level in Australia is extremely high. The sun is out to kill us in this country. We need protection. But seriously, that, that's, that's a natural desire, isn't it? We want safety and security, not just from the sun, but in all of life. That's a good thing. We want our homes to be protected. We want safety as we travel. We want to be healthy and protected from disease. And it's no less true in our spiritual lives, right? In our faith. Because the world out there seems to be a dark place spiritually and, and, it, and it only seems to be getting darker. Which brings us today to Psalm 91. Because this is a psalm all about protection. All about protection. Let's have a look at it again together. So have your Bible open as we go through. Now, this psalm, unlike some of the other psalms, it doesn't actually tell us who wrote it uh, or when it was written, but we know it was a song for Israel. They would have used it as one of their songs as they gathered for worshipped, worship. And I'm sure that the people in Israel 
throughout their history at different times would have been aware of the need for protection. You could just think of, of, of people, uh, the people of Israel in the wilderness as they wandered from Egypt to the promised land, a place of great danger. Even when they were in the promised land, they were always surrounded by foreign nations, nations often bigger and stronger than they were. Israel needed protection. And so the psalmist begins for them with this bold statement, a, a universal truth that if you want protection... You should go to the one true God. Go to the God of Israel. The first two verses here are kind of like the psalmist's personal testimony because he says, I found protection in God. He is my refuge. Have a look at, at all of the names that are in these first two verses. Names for God. God is called Most High and Almighty. Uh, these names tell, tell us that, that God is is infinite and powerful. Yet at the same time, some of the other names tell us that God is personal. He is the God of the nation Israel. He is Lord, that is Yahweh, his personal name. He is the God who spoke with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, individuals. And the psalmist even calls him, my God, my God. The psalmist says he dwells with God under God's shadow. And this shelter that God offers, this is a personal thing. This is like coming into God's personal space. This is like, like being invited to sit under his beach umbrella, to share his beach towel, to find security and safety and a place to rest. And so we, we see immediately a picture of a God who is infinite yet intimate, that he is, he is powerful but he is also personal. He is the one to go to for protection. Let's read, let's read again uh, the first two verses of Psalm 91. Psalm 91, verse 1. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. The psalmist then, he, he goes on to emphasise that what God offers is, is complete protection, the ultimate place of refuge. This is, this is the, the complete package. There is nothing that can penetrate God's defences. There, there is no time of day when God lets his guard down. There's, there's no, no tricks or traps that the enemy can use to get around him. There's no full frontal assault that will, will break him down. There's no disease even that can get past God. The psalmist gives us a couple of, of vivid pictures of what this is like. He says that, that God is like a mother hen protecting her chicks. He, he spreads his wings over them, gathers them close. And then God is also like an unshakable city wall, a fortress. There is no way through his defences. There's no time of day that he'll leave you alone. He'll protect you night and day. It's complete, the ultimate refuge. Let's read on, verse 3. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare. That's the, the trap of a bird hunter. He'll save you from deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. 
His faithfulness will be your shield, your rampart, your, like your city wall. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. He says that, that even if everyone else around you falls and is destroyed, you, you won't be harmed if God is your refuge. You may see the wicked getting what they deserve. You may witness that, but you yourself, you won't be destroyed. You'll just be a bystander. Have a look, verse 7. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. So God provides the ultimate place of refuge. Then in verse 9, the psalmist, he said to, to, uh, through his song, that he takes refuge in God, he wants you to join in with him. He's like an evangelist saying, you should take refuge in God too. Enjoy his complete protection. So verse nine, he addresses his audience. Let's read verse nine. If you say, if you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overcome you. No disaster will come near your tent. Then the psalmist lets us in to what God is doing to protect us. He, he shows us God as, as a, a mighty general who rallies his troops and sends his troops out to protect those he loves. He talks about his angels, his messengers. He sends them to defend his people and lift them out of trouble. He lifts them out of trouble, but also gives them great victories over the things that threaten them. He'll make you powerful to, to defeat your enemies. He pictures them here as, as snakes and lions. I'm sure uh, quite vivid pictures if you think about Israel walking through the desert. What are the threats to them night and day? But God will protect them through his angels. Let's have a look at this, this striking description of what God is doing in verse 11 to 13. Verse 11, he says, For he will, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. So the psalmist has said, I seek refuge in God. He said, you should seek refuge in God too. And then as the psalm reaches its climax, God himself is quoted directly as speaking. In verse 14, God says, I am your refuge. Do you get it? I want to protect you. If you love me and trust me and attach yourself to me, I will protect you. It's quite powerful having God speaking directly like that. As, as he speaks, he, he, he offers a whole range of promises. And th these are more than just promises to get you out of trouble quickly or a quick fix. No, there's more wrapped up in this. Than, than just God promising to temporarily relieve pain for you. 
God has more to bless you with than just that. God offers a life of intimacy and love. He offers a two-way relationship where we call on him and he answers. He promises his presence with us, to be with us, even in the midst of the trouble. And then God promises that not only that he'll, he'll lift you out of trouble, but he will give you a life of glory and honour, that he will give you a long life of satisfaction. God is offering more than just a way out of trouble. He's offering this long, glorious, intimate life with him to those who love him. Let's read these last verses. Hear what God says from verse 14. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honour him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So the psalm finishes with that, with that quote from God, God's voice ringing in our ears. Of course, the whole psalm is God's word, but it's quite striking to have God speak like that. So, that's Psalm 91. The message is pretty clear, isn't it? Where do you find protection if you face danger? Find it in God. Find it in God. He offers powerful protection, but it's also personal. And he offers protection from everything at all times. So that if you, even if you see others fall, you will be protected. And if you attach yourself to God Most High, he won't just help you out of trouble once. He won't just pick you up and then drop you later. He offers a whole lot, a whole life with him, a glorious life full of satisfaction. Find your protection in God. As Israel sang this psalm together to each other, wherever they were, whatever their circumstances, they were reminded to find their protection in God. Not to wish that they could go back to Egypt if they were in the wilderness. Not to wish that they had a big, strong, powerful army like the other nations. Not to wish that they could have a physical object to worship like the idols. No, find their refuge in God Yahweh, God Almighty. So what about us? What about for us today? Well, the message is still clear, isn't it? We should find our protection in God. Not in anything else. Not in anyone less. We should trust God. So let me encourage you to trust God. Find your protection in God. But as I've thought about this, I've come up with this question. What does that actually mean in the context of this psalm? What does this look like in my daily life? Because some of the things said in this psalm, they sound pretty out there, right? Pretty bold and a little unrealistic, if I'm honest. Like, how can the psalmist claim 
that no harm will overtake me, that no disaster will come near me. The psalmist claims that, that God will send his angels so that my foot won't strike against a stone. You know, I, life, is, life is hard. It's full of battles. I don't necessarily feel like I'm being carried by angels tripping lightly through life. What does it mean to trust God, find refuge in him in the context of this psalm? Friends, I've seen this psalm misapplied quite consistently, actually, uh, particularly uh, some of these famous verses about no harm coming to us and angels carrying us. I've heard its promises claimed and then kind of peddled to people as if they were magic spells. You know, say these words and God will protect you from whatever you want. You can do a quick Google search and you will find a bunch of books telling you to pray the words of Psalm 91 for a life of protection, safety, good health and security. You just need this book and it will unlock the secret, secret power of Psalm 91 for you. You can also you can order a, a, a bandana with Psalm 91 printed on it for your personal protection. Uh, even um, one of our church members who's overseas at the moment, uh, she took a photo of this billboard. That's the photo in the middle there. It's a billboard advertising health supplements using Psalm 91. Buy our pills and have God's angels carry you through. Psalm 91. We need to be careful in applying this psalm, like with any part of the Bible, but particularly with some of these Old Testament passages. We need to be careful about applying it. So how should we do it? How should we think about this today for us? I've got three points, three points to make. Firstly, we need to hear a warning from Jesus. Hear a warning. Secondly, we need to see Jesus clearly in this psalm. Hear a warning, see Jesus clearly. And thirdly, we need to hang on to Jesus boldly. And yes, indeed, boldly claim the promises of this psalm. But first, we need those first two points. Hear the warning, see Jesus clearly. So firstly, hear the warning from Jesus. Here's a little quiz question for you. Um, as you think about this psalm, uh, do you know who quotes this psalm in the New Testament? Any, any Bible nerds there? Yes, well done. Number one Bible nerd right there, Jeff. Nice. It's not Peter. It's not Paul. It's not even Jesus quoting this psalm. It's the devil. Do you remember Satan comes to tempt Jesus in the desert? Now you can find it in Matthew chapter 4. Jesus is out in the desert being tempted um, by Satan. And let's read what happens. Let's read what happens. This is Matthew chapter 4. You can see it up there. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. So the devil says, throw yourself down. 
See if God will really protect you. Isn't that what he says in Psalm 91? Test and see if he is powerful, willing to save you. Jesus shuts him down. Don't test God. We need to hear that warning too. Even with good intentions of using part of the Bible to, to fuel our prayers, that we're not issuing God with an ultimatum. Like, God, you said you'd do this, so do it. We are not to test God. We can't take his words and throw them in his face to get what we think we want. Psalm 91 is not a magic spell to make God do our bidding. They are true promises, as we'll see, but we are not to use them to twist God's arm. That's number one. Take heed of Jesus' warning. Hear his warning. Psalm 91 is full of these bold promises. Then the problem isn't with the promises, it's with our understanding. So secondly, we need the key to understanding these promises, and that is to see, see Jesus clearly in this psalm. See Jesus clearly. We must look to the one and only person who could 100% claim these promises and live out this psalm perfectly. That's Jesus himself. Let's think about how Jesus fulfills this psalm. He's the only one without sin. He's the only one who took refuge in his father perfectly. If anyone could claim the promises, the, the, the protection of angels, it was Jesus. And yet, Jesus' way involved much suffering, didn't it? In fact, that was the point of his mission, to come and suffer and die to pay for our sins. In the Old Testament, once again, Isaiah uh, talks about the Messiah and prophesies Jesus' suffering. But Isaiah also talks about the fulfillment of Psalm 91, using language that is similar to Psalm 91. Let's read the, the, some of the words of Isaiah here on the screen. This is Isaiah 53 in verse 10. See if you can spot um, things that remind you of Psalm 91. It says, and though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. Did you spot it there? Just a hint, I underlined it. <laughs> he will see the light of life and be satisfied. Remember what happened to Jesus. He died, was buried but was raised to life, to eternal life, to a life of full satisfaction with his father. In, terms, in, in, in the words of Psalm 91, Jesus has seen God's salvation, been delivered from death. He has received honour from the father. You see, Psalm 91 first and foremost finds fulfilment in Jesus. And we need to remember that. We need to remember that. We need to see Jesus clearly in the psalm. But not only that, God doesn't just leave it there. No, because of Jesus, our souls can find refuge with God. 
Psalm 91 promises us protection for our souls. Our souls that are sick with sin. If you realise your sin, you can call on God and say, the Lord is my refuge. And God will answer you. He will rescue you. He will protect you from the grip of sin. You put your trust in Jesus and you won't experience the judgment on sinners that is coming. You will just be that observer who escapes the punishment. More than that, God will honour you with eternal life. He will lift you up to live with him, to find full, full satisfaction with him. So if you want that protection for your soul, if you want that intimate and powerful refuge with Jesus, then call out to God. Lord, be my refuge. So friends, we've heard the warning from Jesus that we need to see Jesus clearly in this psalm and in response, seeing what he's done, find refuge for our souls with God. And now, day to day, because Jesus has opened up that way to protection for our souls, yes, all of those bold promises of Psalm 91 are true for us. But they're better and richer promises than we might expect or might want in the midst of hard times. God isn't promising a pain-free life, but by his power, through his spirit, through his angels, he will carry you through and nothing will be able to harm your soul. The rich promise is that we have an eternal future with Jesus, dwelling forever with God in his personal space. And so, friends, here and now, as you go, trust Jesus boldly. That's my third point of application. Trust Jesus boldly. Hang on to him. I find that day by day, that often means praying a lot. Pray, pray, pray. It's also having the right perspective, the right vision, I think. Because often our vision gets clouded by the immediate day-to-day -day stuff, the stuff that's causing pain, of course. But that become, our, our perspective can just become earthly and we can lose vision of the heavenly reality. But if we have a clear vision of what Jesus offers, I think we can go forward trusting him boldly. We can persevere in hard times if we're confident that our souls are taken care of. And since he has provided heavenly refuge for our souls, he's proved that in Jesus, in Jesus' death and Jesus' resurrection. Because he's done that, we can be sure that God is willing that he is able to be with us here and now, powerfully, intimately. We don't need to test God. And Psalm 91 itself, it speaks of this reality, I think. Did you, did you notice there in verse 15, where it says God will be with us? It says that he will be with us in our troubles. Not that he will make us immune from trouble. God will be with us in our troubles. 
Certainly, Christians aren't immune from suffering. I don't need to tell you that. Many of you know that all too well. Christians aren't immune from suffering, and often it brings, our faith itself can bring suffering. But friends, brothers and sisters, stand firm, knowing that your soul is safe. To finish, I just want to share two other passages with you. As I've prepared this, um, I've been struck by the words that Jesus speaks to his disciples before he goes to his death. Jesus warns them that they will face all sorts of tragedy and hardship because they follow him, even to the point of death. But listen to what Jesus promises um, to them in Luke 21. He says this to them in Luke 21. He says, you will be betrayed even by parents, brothers and sisters, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me. But not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm and you will win life. Do you see that contrast? They may put you to death, but not a hair of your head will perish. Their souls are safe. They will see salvation and eternal life. And the second passage is Romans chapter 8, a classic passage in which the Paul, uh, the, sorry, the Apostle Paul, he says that nothing, not even death itself, can separate us from God's love. Reminds me that, that God's protection is absolute, the ultimate refuge, the complete package. Paul says in Romans chapter 8, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation. That's pretty complete, isn't it? None of that will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The love of God shown as Jesus paid for our sin and won refuge for our souls. So brothers and sisters, God will be with us in our troubles if we trust him. So be bold in asking for his help. You don't have to be a superhero. You're not the strong one. You have God most high, the almighty, to ask. Wrestle in prayer when danger comes and know that you are eternally safe. Friends, it's wise to look for protection, isn't it? In this world, let me encourage you to put your sunscreen on this summer. It's a good idea to sometimes take out insurance. It's good to follow health advice. We know all about that, don't we, now? But none of these things, they, they don't offer a lasting protection. What we really need is protection for our souls, a place of ultimate refuge. And so be wise and take the wisest course of action and find your refuge in Jesus. And remember these promises and have complete confidence in these promises. Claim those Psalm 91 promises. God will protect you. He will answer you. He will be with you. He will give your soul full satisfaction. He has promised you eternal life. So friends, see Jesus clearly 
and trust him boldly. Let's pray together. Dear Father God, our Lord Most High, our Almighty God, you are powerful and you have shown your love to us, your willingness, your desire to be with us and to share your place of refuge with us. Father, we thank you for this. We thank you for your tender care and your strong protection. Father, we thank you for Jesus who always found refuge in you. We thank you for Jesus who won a place of refuge for us by suffering the great harm we deserved. Father, thank you for the promise of eternal refuge and satisfaction with you. Lord, we pray now that day by day we would seek refuge in you by prayer and keeping that clear vision of what Jesus offers. We pray that we would always have our eternal home in sight. Lord, now we want to be bold in asking for relief from this world's troubles. Father, we pray together now for those, particularly those amongst us who are suffering, who need relief, who need protection from danger, whether that's physical or emotional, whether that's financial or indeed spiritual. Please protect them. Show your strength and your tender care to them. Father, we pray that we would celebrate now as we we sing our last song as we share in supper together, as we go out into our weeks, we pray that we would be celebrating in our hearts that we can have confidence in your great promises of refuge. And Father, we pray all of this and thank you for the name of Jesus. Amen.